Welcome to the Israel Conversation by Massah Leadership and Impact Center, the content engine behind Massah Israel Journey. We bring contemporary, challenging, and compelling Israel issues to light in ways that help us stay connected with what's really going on on the ground. I'm your host, Michael Unterberg, here with co-host... Liel Zahaviasa. How's it going, Liel? I am great. How are you, Mike? All right, a little under the weather, but Oof. I... Uh... Yeah, I took some Advils, uh, but nobody <laughs> cares about that. What we want to talk about today is the latest very strange uh, political brouhaha, which is that it looks like, why are you shaking your head? Yeah, no, it's very strange. It, oh. sh- it shook It shook my entire, oh, thought- my entire thought process when I read about it, so I'm just in shock. It is, it is rather shocking, is the, is the unwillingness of uh, a majority of votes in the Knesset to renew the law which treats Israelis living in the West Bank as Israelis, as if they live in Israeli cities. So let me start by giving a little bit of background. When we live in the West, when we live in the West Bank, and, and Matt keeps calling you a settler, but you, your family lives in, in the West Bank, but you moved to Jerusalem. Uh, yeah, I did move to Jerusalem. I, I, go, I go back and forth. I can play yeah, either okay. side. <laughs> okay, so let's let's so let's call us both settlers. When we live in, uh, in in Israeli cities in the West Bank, we live under Israeli law. We have Israeli police. We vote in Israeli elections in voting booths in our cities. Now that doesn't totally make sense because although we think of the entire land from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean as the land of Israel in Hebrew Eretz Israel. After the 1967 war, when Israel conquered the the West Bank, the Golan Heights, and Gaza, it didn't annex all of that territory. It de facto annexed uh, Jerusalem, Greater Jerusalem, and the Arabs who live there have permanent residence status if they didn't take citizenship. It de facto annexed the Golan, and everybody who lives in the Golan got citizenship, basically. But it didn't want to annex the West Bank. Let's leave out Gaza because we're not in Gaza, so it's not relevant to today. Now, when Israelis started moving into the West Bank, the question was, well, you're moving out of Israel. Are you like an Israeli who's moving to France or Germany or the UK? Or are you still kind of living in Israel, even though it's not the state of Israel territory? It's controlled by the Israeli army, but they've never legally made it Israel. If they legally made it Israel, they have to give citizenship to what's today probably two and a half million Arabs. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to make... Yeah, yeah. go ahead. No, just to add, Israelis did also live in those those same places before 1948. um, Correct. And consider those like certain locations in the West Bank their home for the 19 years that we were unable to to be there. Certainly here in the area we're living, Gush Etzion, that's for sure. In the Mm -hmm. Shamron, it was a little more... Whether they were returning to lands or not, it is also important to recognize that they weren't taking homes away from anyone. They weren't taking over Arab cities and towns. They were building, either restoring Mm -hmm. cities and towns that had been destroyed before 48 or building new Jewish cities and towns. Right. But those, all of those cities and towns are considered to be by Israeli law as if they are Israeli cities and towns, even though they're technically not in the state of Israel. Under like this emergency provision that we have to do it this way because we don't know how to solve this dilemma. So every five years, because it's an emergency law, it's not allowed to just continue 
you know, ad infinitum, every five years, the Knesset has to renew that law. And it does it in a way that nobody even notices. Most of us had no idea that such a law existed. We hadn't even thought of it. It's been so in the background since the late 60s, you know, 55 years ago, that every five years, like clockwork, it just gets renewed, and there you go. It's just part of now. We'll put aside for now the fact that this is this is why people accuse Israel of being unfair to Palestinians, that the West Bank has two legal systems, one if you live in Israeli cities and towns, one if you don't, meaning the Arabs. Okay, it is. It's problematic. It's complicated. No question about it. And now it's coming up on the five-year, just part of what you do in the Knesset, part of the background business of just running the Knesset, like passing a budget which they have difficulty doing these days. Mm -hmm. And now you have to renew it. And it doesn't look like they have 61 votes to renew that law. Now, why? Well, partially it's because this is a very diverse coalition, as we've talked about many, many times. So parties in the coalition, whether the extreme left, like Meretz, which won't vote for a law that says to treat, they don't think Jews should be in the West Bank at all. So if they they would be violating the principles that they were voted in on if they voted to resume the status quo. The Ra'am party has members who aren't willing to do it. Mm-hmm. But at well, the same time, they a- also want to stay in the, in the Knesset. Absolutely. So- so they actually might surprise us, maybe. In the government, yeah. I, I don't know. It's not clear how many are voting for what. Mm-hmm. But to really get a, 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 a for sure majority, what they sort of assume, everyone just sort of assumed, is that this is the sort of thing that right-wing parties in the opposition will just vote for no problem. Right. Because it means keeping the status quo alive as opposed to generating enormous dysfunction. So... Uh, Why are we worried about it? Because Likud has adopted a strategy which basically says, we're not voting for this law. We're we're not going to renew it. And so by law, it will end, I think this summer, if they don't renew it like this winter, then it expires. The the end of the month? It's not the end of the month? Oh, it's so soon? I thought it was the end of June. That's what I heard on, on Oh, uh, yeah, that's just me being old and having no sense of time because that is the summer. The end of June is the summer. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think I just said it's stupid. But, yeah, basically uh, this will plunge the lives of the Jews who, I mean, it's between 450, 500,000 Jews, you know, almost half a million Jews live in Yehuda and Shomron, what people call the West Bank. They're now not living in Israeli cities, so they don't have Israeli police. They're now under Israeli military law. Obviously, if there's elections, they won't be able to vote in their towns. Uh, They're still citizens, so they could travel into Israel and vote, just like a Jew who lives in, you know, a Jew who lives in Germany, an Israeli, I should say, an Israeli citizen who lives in Germany can fly into Israel and vote in an Israeli voting booth. And West Bank Jews are going to have to, if they want to vote, to do that because they're still we're still Israeli citizens. Mm-hmm. We just don't the, by if, once the law expires, we won't technically be functionally by law in Israeli cities. Uh, we won't be taxable as citizens living in Israel. I don't know exactly how that works. I mean, there's a million little things of you life. Don't that to, we just you don't, don't have to enlist in the army, and also you don't have any right to inherit money, apparently yeah. as well. 
Yeah, well, because we don't live in Israel, so we're subject to the laws of the countries where we live, which in this case is under military rule by the Israeli army and not by the state of Israel. Right. So, I mean, the 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 I mean, all laws are are, are fictional; they're all made up. But but this this fictional structure, which again creates this livable status quo that Israelis uh, functionally live in. Now, it's also, I think. And, I, and I, don't, I don't know that this should be Israel's priority. It's now going to... I haven't noticed the world press kind of noticing it yet. So yeah. far, it seems to be like a local Israeli issue. Right. But how long is that going to last? So, right, that's the question. Because the fact that it was brought up at all or that it's become an issue in the Knesset at all, and it touches it touches on such a major issue, a major international mm-hmm. issue, issue mm-hmm. in Israel... Um, so on one hand, yeah, su- surprising that the international community hasn't woken up to it quite yet. I assume that they will. And then the other thing is, it's I guess it's interesting, and personally, I guess I can say it's upsetting, that Likud would choose specifically this law to make issue of, because it's not... It's not just no matter what happens, it's not just going to remain a conversation within the Knesset or within Israeli, you know, Israeli society. No. It's 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 such a touchy subject that encompasses the entire conflict. That's that's the wild part is that the people in Likud or leaders of Likud are willing to it seems are willing to risk um, this becoming a this ultimately becoming a huge international conversation perhaps even mm-hmm. we would have to answer to the U- to UN or to the international community uh, I, I just out of all the things to choose to make an issue of um because they want to be in they don't want to be in the opposition anymore and obviously they want right. to to break break apart the current Knesset wow what a wow. decision that's a huge risk for everyone living here forget just people in the West Bank it's it's a it's because it, it just it's not going to remain an internal conversation no matter what. Um, I think one of the things that I was thinking about was that it happened so 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 close to to Shabbat, and then we had Shavuot also, and so actually a lot of the people that I was speaking to, just Israelis, didn't weren't even aware of it. Um, oh, so that's I think, interesting. Yeah, I think it's sort of so that's true. Slipped. I wasn't thinking about that. I was I was talking about it at the table, and I was like sort of informing people. You're right. Me too. It has Me been <laughs> in the Israeli papers quite a bit, mm-hmm. but I guess it's still not sunk in because everybody was a little busy with other things. I, that's how I feel about it. I also feel like I was the teaching people and informing people about what this was, and I wonder if I don't know. Maybe in a week from now, maybe towards the end of the week, it'll become a sort of more uh, talked about subject, and then maybe get get kind of leaked into the international news. And it's pretty it's pretty crazy. And it's also Don't crazy that I think it will and also I think that it's an an, an incredible opportunity for Palestinians to Palestinian media um and news yeah. to sort of like hop on hop on this this conversation for them. Yeah, I'm surprised it's, that it's that It's not happened. like we've been getting a free pass on the West Bank, but this this element, this this cog in the machinery of how we run the West Bank has been ignored and now we're bringing everyone's attention to it. Right. And it gives them it gives them a nice, you know, red circle target to aim at. Yeah. So, thanks Likud and and the <laughs> logic of Likud seems to be and this is what their spokespeople are saying. And and by the way, their voting constituency is largely the, them and the religious Zionists, you know, right wing parties. Mo, a, a huge chunk of their voters are Israelis in the West Bank who are not happy about For sure. their lives becoming discombobulated because of this legal quagmire that we're being plunged into. 
Um, and so the leaders of the Judea-Samaria community are, are really yelling at Likud, saying, stop it, this is not something to play games with. And Likud is saying, we have, and this is sort of how they're framing it, we have this treasonous government that we have to topple at all costs. Right. And, and that's the only thing we can do, which you can see as... It, look, I, I always try to look at both sides. It's hard to see that as a, as a reasonable, good-faith argument that this government is genuinely treasonous. You cannot like it, which is part of democracy. And then you, in the, in, in the Knesset, it's your job to make sure things work in the opposition, and then you run again in the next election. In other words, losing gracefully, as we've yeah. talked about many times on the podcast, is a deeply essential, central part of democracy. And so what essentially, so on the one hand, I, I don't know how to take that claim seriously, that they see this government as genuinely uh, treasonous because they, they ally with Arabs, which is something that Likud was willing to do. Sure. That they're allied with merits, like that, that they're like I, I just don't see the good faith argument there. What it I, I think a less generous interpretation of what Likud is doing is they're essentially saying, look, you're you want to be able to be a functioning government. We won't let you do that. The only way we'll allow Israel to have a functional government is if we are in control of it. Right. And if we're not in control of it, then we're burning it down. We're going to make it break. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the political fallout of this is very hard to, you know, we, we've been giving some possible consequences. But when you do something like this, it may fizzle out and be nothing, or it may be a domino that leads to who knows what. It's very reckless yeah. as a strategy. And I would argue there's something inherently undemocratic in this either we lead or there is no government. Uh, it's, 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 it's kind of scary. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that we, this, I, personally, I think this is the, the most extreme situation that I've seen Likud and, Benjamin Tinahu take in order yeah. to put themselves in the center and gain back power, potentially. We don't even know if that's gonna happen, even if this bill doesn't pass. But mm -hmm. I think I think that at the same time, this is not something that, that the behavior and the attitude that you're describing is not something that's new. I mean, even you can see in Likud's campaigns um in the last, you know, last year, two years of all of the election yeah. that we've had, um, it's kind of been this 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 sentiment of like it's us or nothing or it's us or or disaster, um, and yeah. they're playing off of that. They're continuing to play off of that, uh, and I think at this point, it the the way that I experience it, it experiencing, it, I am experiencing it. It's it's a it's it's a it's a, a whole competition, an ego competition, if you will. Um, it's not about the good of the country and it's not about making sure the government functions like you were saying, um, and for the good of the people in any, like, it just doesn't, that's not, you, you can't it's really hard to frame it as this is for the good of the people. Exactly. It, it can't be because this, the fact is that like you were saying, this bill, um, it serves so many of, of Likud's constituents, so many of their voters. How in the world can you make an issue off, off of this bill if 
if you're really looking out even for your people, for, forget. Okay, you don't want to look out for, I don't know, um, Arab voters. You don't want to look out for left-wing voters. Fine. But this hurts your people directly. And so how could it be for the good of anyone except yourselves? That's I guess that's well, the question again, that I'm thinking of. The, 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 their counter-argument is this government is so devastatingly damaging by its existence that we're just going to have to sacrifice this period of chaos in order to cause them to fail. There is, of course, you know, you mentioned ego. There is, of course, a much simpler way to depose the government and create a new government. Hmm. And that is for Benjamin Netanyahu to step aside and yeah. build a right-wing coalition without, a mo you know, with no difficulty whatsoever. And then undermine the existence of this government, which will collapse. In other words, reform a new government immediately. And 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 I don't think we need to even need to go to elections. I think they can, yeah. if they like, they can like no confidence this government out of existence and replace it with a right-wing coalition. All you need to do is for Bibi to go into the background instead of the leadership. You know, he can, it's doesn't have to retire completely, but he has to not be the head of the party. Yeah. So that to me is partially why I'm having trouble finding a good faith argument. In other words, if we have to sacrifice something, should it be the stability of the lives of half a million West Bank, mostly right-wing voters, or one dude who doesn't want his career to end in a way that he finds disappointing? So I, I would think there's only one pot. I, 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 it's really hard for me to see the other side of this coin. Like it's I, as hard as I always try to see every side of the argument. There's a really simple solution, and it means BB sacrificing his career, yeah, not his wealth or his his relevance or his, but his political leadership. Uh, you know, it's time to move on to other leaders. Yeah. <sighs> I think, is it, Gidon Saar is playing a significant role in this whole story, right? Well, he delayed the vote because it looked like it wasn't going to, I think it, it was supposed to be today and he's delaying it because they just don't have the numbers and they're still mm -hmm. wheeling and dealing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, as essentially a member of Likud who started a new party that is, we have to get past BB Likud, yeah. called New Hope, that mm -hmm. I, I think he's hoping to get more people to vote, but they can't even get the people who left Yamina. You know, the two people who left the Yamina party, uh, Silman and uh, they can, they can't get anybody who left to, to vote for it. So they're oh wow to vote for the ah oh, interesting yeah wow and so that is again people who are who are on the right <laughs> who are for this vote this absolutely. I don't think religious Zionism is voting for it, and they uh, they believe that the whole West Bank should be annexed under Israeli law, and it's Arabs crazy. shouldn't be given citizenship anyway. And they're like, they're this law is nothing for them. This law is just a step in their right direction. And by letting it collapse, who knows what damage they're doing to their own cause? I don't know, but the their frustration that another coalition is in charge and has made an end run around them and is still holding itself together despite really constant chaos yeah. and political disabilities, you know, <laughs> running a government that's half the Knesset, 60-60, uh, they're still essentially functional.
Yeah, well, hanging by a thread at this point. Hanging by a thread. <laughs> and so the various tricks didn't work. So this is the next one. Yeah. I guess as somebody who whose address is in, still in the West Bank and... Um, I don't know. I, I I guess my question is, should I be concerned? Should you be concerned? Should we be concerned? That's just something that I was like after I read the article and obviously heard the news and learned about the situation. I was kind of wondering to myself, is this one of those things that's going to kind of roll over? They're going to figure it out and somehow it'll wash, wash, like it'll wash over and, and it'll be fine. Just like you were saying, every five years, that's what happens. And they vote without sort of mostly without question or... Do I actually have a need to be concerned about my status in this country? Well, as always, we're always scared to predict, precisely because sure. none of us would have predicted this. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we never would have. I, if you would have asked me if this would happen, I would say, oh, for sure not. First of all, it's like politically <laughs> shooting yourself in the foot. It, that's exactly Because it's going to get is. all their right-wing voters mad at them. Like Totally. And, and so they're working very hard to convince their right-wing voters to back them up on this as a political game. And the Yesha Council are, are not sucking it up and saying, okay, so the leadership in the West Bank, at least the political, I mean, I, I don't know what, I haven't seen any polling. Are they convincing voters that this is worth it? Right. So when you're asking, is this ever going to actually happen or is this just political, are they just playing yeah. chicken? And that at some point, either by getting the vote to fail or at the last minute, the vote will succeed and what. I, I to me this sounds crazy. <laughs> it's scary just, and it's crazy. I mean, I, I, why is this? Why do you use the word scary? Because I think that what could happen is, let's say, God forbid, I don't, I don't think it will, but let's say it does. Somehow they don't pass the bill, and all of a sudden, mm -hmm. all of Area C in the West Bank, all the Jewish um, citizens lose their. Um, Sort of, I don't know. Like they, they're not in live, technically living Their in Israel. Municipal anymore. status as Israeli cities. Exactly. Yeah. So we're Israeli cities I, living under the Israeli army. Yeah. Under the I, same law as the Palestinians. Yes. Right. Exactly. And with a, with, you know, all, I mean, taxes, uh, inheritance, uh, army, serving in the army, all of these pe like these pieces that are we're so used to just be being part of our daily lives. All of a sudden. Those things ship by all going, the municipal things, you know, applying for your yeah. I don't voting. know how the post office will work. Uh, getting your passport renewed, like all the different things that you do, getting your car registered, like all, all, all yeah, it's very dysfunctional. It's yeah, dysfunctional, and I a part of me feels like the statement that the Knesset would make if that was to happen, I can just envision complete and total anarchy coming coming out of the West Bank, like. As, as you know, thinking about the communities that are in the West Bank, we're going to be really upset about that. Like, I don't know. I just I don't see anything good the day after a situation like that um, if they don't pass the bill. Um, well, that's I why I think it's ultimately going to blow back on them. Like, I, I, I think, and again, I'm a terrible predictor. I mean, the truth is we're not such bad predictors. We just do it with uh, humility because... That's what we're supposed to do. But in general, if you sometimes I, I I check back, we do pretty well as a rule. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we but do. but but we always do it with humility because we we just don't know. Mm. I, to me, it's hard to imagine the political blowback of this on Likud, and in fact, on and Bibi's being relatively quiet about this. Mm -hmm. He's letting his lieutenants be the spokespeople, and he's not upfront with this because it just looks awful. I think he's he's he he doesn't want his face. 
on this tactic. Yeah. And and and, and so, but but can he? Can he escape that blowback? And can Likud itself escape the blowback? And will Likud lose votes? I I, I don't know. In other words, when when five hundred thousand Jews in the West Bank start their life becomes super duper complicated and yeah. they're super unhappy. It's good. And and we're I mean we're not like a quiet bunch if you know what no. I mean. Like we're not we're, known. there's gonna be there's gonna be outrage. Yeah. There's gonna be super like lots of anger, lots of protest, lots. Of, I don't know. It it, w- it would be pretty crazy. Right. And in that chaos, will that lead to new elections? Maybe. And in that chaos, will that mean that there'll be a right-wing coalition that's stronger? I don't know. Because the anti-BB coalition doesn't... I, I don't know. In other words, part of the gamble of, of this tactic could be, let's just throw everything into chaos. We'll have yeah. new elections. And at yeah. this point, if you look at polls, Kadima's not doing well. And so maybe this time around, we did four elections in two years, but maybe this time around we'll be able to pull it out. We'll be able to have a BB-led coalition and have a stable government. So we just need enough chaos to light everything on fire. And then out of those ashes, and which is not, which is essentially the strategy they did for two years. Mm. Well, let's just keep plunging us into new elections, reshuffle the cards. Maybe yeah. we'll get a better deal. That's oh, true. shoot. It's the same deal. Hmm. All right. Let's reshuffle the cards and see what it... Shoot, it's the same deal. All right, let's reshuffle the cards. And at a certain point, the people are like, this is ridiculous. This is, you can't keep us in this level of dysfunction because you want to be in charge. You have to be providing the services of governance if you want to stay in charge. And so for now, over a year, we have this strange coalition that's holding it together because about half the Israeli voters would rather have this than that. And they're saying, yeah, but I don't know if that's true anymore. So they're gambling. I mean, it's just, it's chaos. almost, and, and, and it's chaos. And it's almost, uh, maybe this isn't a fair comparison or a polite comparison. It's almost Palestinian in its recklessness mm. of we're just going to burn everything down. And somehow at the end of that, we'll end up with everything wonderful. Well, no, you have to be constructive yeah. In your opposition, you have to be building. You mm-hmm. cannot lead by tearing things down, and 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 you cannot have. You know, the question is: Is party more important, or is nation more important? Yeah, they're certainly not the first politicians to put party over nation, mm-hmm. and there have been accusations of that in Israeli history, and you can see it around the world. But it's pretty disappointing, and and it, it's the biggest. I mean, it's it's the largest party in Israel. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what the fallout. If this if this brings them more seats, more votes, to me that's terrifying because you have a larger minority that wants to rule and will burn the majority down in order to rule. That's a death spiral for a democracy. And we're yeah. seeing it in, in different countries. You know, if our party's not in charge, we'll just burn things down. Not literally burn things down. Right, right. But just, like, yeah, create destruction. Have a tantrum. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. It's governance by tantrum. Yeah. It's wild. It's I don't, I like you, I don't think I could ever, if you told me that this was going to happen or that this was a situation in the Knesset, I don't think I would have believed you. Um, Yeah, no way. It's too reckless. 
No, it, it's also, it's just selfishly reckless. In other words, maybe this, maybe they'll convince Israeli voters that this was a good idea and worthwhile, but there's a very good chance that Israeli voters are just going to say, oh, screw you, yeah. we could. Yeah, yeah. And they'll, yeah. they'll turn to, I don't know, Gidon Saar or Yamina or, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that it's a winning strategy. It's it's wildly reckless. And the question is going to be, I think, the the people who are who are devoted, who are hardcore devoted to the Likud, and there are lots. Um, the question is, are they going to trust? And they very much trust Bibi Netanyahu. So the question is, are they going to trust him enough to go with him on this, even if it is against all of everything they believe in, um, because they trust him and they trust that at the other end of the tunnel, he'll have like a, you know, he'll be able to have a solution for them of some kind. And, you know, if he convinces them enough, enough that he's, he will be the leader. If they just go with him, maybe they'll go with him and maybe, and maybe, um, the trust will there's be no there. There's no question. Yeah. There's no question. He'll have part of his base that sticks with him, hell or high water. And that is, that is the underlying principle of a lot of, Modern politics. When I was younger, politics, you know, the, the, the cliche was politics is about addition, not division. Mm-hmm. You want to grow your base. And it shifted in the 21st century, and you see this certainly in the States as much as you see it here, if not more so, yeah. is that you drill down on your base. You keep your base strong, and that base has to win. And the problem with that strategy is, obviously, it's very hard to build a majority if everything you do is just kissing up to your base. So then the question becomes, can the base take over if it's a minority? That's the struggle that you're seeing in not only Israel, but I think more so in America. Uh, if you lose elections, can you say, well, I don't care. You know, we're still going to take over one way or another. Right. That's really bad. Yeah, it's not It's That's not a re- functional democracy. It's not democracy, really. Not democracy, yeah. It's yeah. not functional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and basically what democracy is supposed to be is, look, you lose and the guys who you think have terrible ideas are going to take over and they're going to make things suck so badly that eventually you'll capitalize that and you'll get voted back in. And democracies are always cyclical that way. And over the long term, you know, if you believe in the Jeffersonian concept of liberal democracy, neither party or no party really has a monopoly on, on, on truth or reality. No party is the super right party about everything. I don't mean right, left, I mean right, wrong. And so what you end up happening is over time is that people take over, they do some things right, they do some things wrong, somebody else takes a turn, they do some things right, some things wrong, now the other, and it keeps going around and around. until Unless they keep doing things right, and then the, you have most of the people on your side. And so that used to be the goal of governance. This isn't that. This isn't that. Good governance is supposed to be selfishly sustainable because you get most people to agree with you. This is, our base wants us in charge, and we have to do anything we can to get in charge, or they're going to lose patience with us. Because the longer BB is in the opposition, the less inevitable he seems. And so we have to do everything we can to make it uh, rock BB as the, not a slogan, but as the strategic goal. I think it bodes ill, and and I I I hope I hope that there are enough Israeli voters on the right and the center and the left who redouble on democracy itself, and yeah. you know the idea that we have to work together. That yeah. that my political opponent is my fellow country person and not my enemy, and so they're if they're wrong, we might suffer, but. 
but I, I'm gonna. It does more damage to break the government. In other words, whatever mistakes they make, in my opinion, I'll be able to fix when I take over. But if I take away the structure of governance itself, if I break the structures of democracy, that will do so much damage that it, it can't possibly be worth it. it. It was the basic operating principle of Menachem Begin, who was the leader of the right from the opposition for 30 years mm -hmm. based on that principle. And, and he would say, it's because I understood from the destruction of the second temple. Mm -hmm. When we turn on each other, we will fall. And so we can't have these sorts of even political uh, 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 civil wars like this. You have to right. be constructive. I didn't want to say it, but I, I was, I was, that's one of the things that I was thinking about with this, this, this issue brought up for me, that, that idea of, of a civil war. Like the minute I started thinking mm -hmm. about what this, what this bill, if it passes, doesn't pass, whatever, the fact that it's even just being brought up could bring about, it's e like, e almost, I don't want to say it, but like almost easily a civil war. Like this is such a, a, cr a critical topic yeah. a critical issue and i was giving a tour earlier today in the old city and i was literally talking about the destruction of the second temple and i was talking about mm -hmm. you know civil civil war between people of the nation who couldn't be a united front and that essentially brought was is what brought the destruction and i was at the same time thinking about what's happening today and talking a little bit about that um so yeah it's pretty wild and then one one of the other thing i was thinking about which what you said about it's a little bit the way they're behaving is a little bit palestinian so it actually suddenly made me think about the fact that <laughs> ironically if this bill does become an issue the israelis in the west bank are going to kind of feel like palestinians in the sense of oh, yeah. not having equal citizenship equal citizenship equal mm -hmm. rights like there's and I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't know what to make of that, but that, that just think that's really interesting. Like if, if that were to be the case and all of a sudden we lose these rights or freedoms or abilities that we had, um, it's in, yeah. in, a, in a similar way that the Palestinians are sort of living. I mean, obviously it's still, it's still different. Still not exactly the same, but. Still different, of course. But, but it, you know, if I get into a fist fight with my neighbor, it won't be the Israeli police who exactly. come. It'll be the army. Exactly. It'll be, it'll be, it'll, there'll be pretty quickly. I don't mm -hmm. punch my neighbor. Don't worry. I was just a hypothetical. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, it'll uh, look, I hope it doesn't come to that, but it could be educational, you know? I guess. I, Us as educators always having that like hat on at the <laughs> same time, right? Yeah. You're saying it could be like a learning moment that we all learn what it is to be more like Palestinians. Look, I, I think we haven't crossed enough broken norms for this to go really bad. Like, yeah. I still think we have a healthy enough society that this is going to have to get fixed because it's so obviously crazy. I agree with you. But I, I hope I'm right. I hope so, too. Then I won't have to switch you know, my address. Otherwise, I'm going to go uh, run to switch my, <laughs> switch my address. Oh, that's true, because you have an apartment inside. Uh, I ha Yeah, I have an apartment in Jerusalem, but my address is still in, in the West Bank. So. Mm. How long will you jump between the two mountains, says uh -huh. uh, Ezekiel? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not moving, so they're going to have to fix it around me and 500,000 <laughs> people are, you know what I mean? Like, That's they're true. just going to have to. Yeah, they they, they Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. I wonder is, what's next. Like, I wonder what else. I mean, if it's not this, then I wonder what other things we have in store for us in the near future in terms of crazy things that we can't even predict that might come up. 
Well, this sort of, you know, nuclear level major, you know, weapon of mass destruction approach to mm-hmm. me is strange to implement now in the summer. Let's see if they can pass a budget with 60 seats, Yeah, you know, see, which is like in the fall. Like, what are you going, what are you hitting the panic button now, Lee could mm-hmm. if, they, if they can't pass a budget in the fall, which isn't that many months away, yeah. the summer's relatively quiet. This, the Knesset's not always in session. People take vacations. Wait till the fall, wait till the budget fight. And then odds are pretty good that they're going to have a more trouble. I mean, they certainly are going to have more trouble this year than they did last year where people were saying, I'm not sure they can pull it off. They pulled it off. Yep. That's with 61 seats. With 60 seats, can they pull it off? I'm not so sure. So you you have a much more stable, normal democratic battleground coming up in the next few months. Why pick this fight now? I yeah. think they think it's going. it's a winning political strategy for them. Yeah, I think it's it's to shake the uh, in their head. We have to turn the entire right against this government in like this level of volume. We can't treat this government as normal. We have to we have to punish these people for winning and and allying with left wing parties and Arab parties. We have to like like they're kind of at war, and we need the Israeli electorate to be in that war. And that way, we'll get all the Amina seats back, and we'll get the New Hope seats back, and we'll get. Uh, I, I maybe I mean that that could be their strategy. I don't no, I know. think that makes sense. I just still think it's a little bit strange. Why now? It I mean it's you know still begs the question of like we could have had a war this summer and knock on wood we won't have we won't have a war this summer. So that and and that was not clear two months ago. If you asked me two months ago if we we're going to have a war, I would have told you almost definitely. And so Well, we just had a major training exercise in Cyprus where the Israeli true. military is preparing itself. If we go to war with Hezbollah, mm-hmm. it was an it was a you know, it was a huge every part of the army working together to, what it would mean to reinvade Lebanon, Lebanon possibly yeah. areas of Syria, the air force is practicing for Iran. Like things are not quiet on That's the true. on the security front. That's true. I mean, right. They're not quiet but at the same time, it's the new, the news is us training as opposed to us being attacked. Correct. Correct. So, um, yeah. So it's just strange. I mean, let's let's have a good, great, calm, quiet summer. Lee could. That would be nice. <laughs> Please. I, look, I, I hope I hope they I hope they pay a negative political price for this instead of reaping rewards for it because it's a it it's, it it is it, it it is a very reckless tactic. I don't know. It's all going to come down to their voters, I guess, at the end, huh? Yeah. Uh, somebody said to me, wow, they're gonna, how, how is it going to work? They're going to lose all their voters. But I think most of us will go into Jerusalem or wherever and go, you know, Modin and find a voting booth. I, I don't know how that works, actually. Right. I don't know how you vote if it's not in your... Well, I just hope those people go, if they, if they go vote in wherever else they decide to vote in Jerusalem or whatever, um, that they don't vote for Likud, <laughs> if that's the case. I ho- I, listen, ridiculous. I hope Gideon Sar turns this into a way to build new hope, mm-hmm. to pull Likudnikim away from this. This is exactly the kind of reckless brinksmanship, games playing yeah. with our lives, with our stability, which is why we have to we have to rebuild Likud because we can't pull Likud away from Bibi because there is this core of voters. Okay, so then we have to leave Likud as that core of voters. And move on. And, and that are BB, yeah. rock BB, only BB. And then we'll just build a better thing. And, and eventually he'll have to move aside because he is, it, it, it is remarkable 
how that one man is causing all of this chaos. And they're doing all of this to protect that one career. Phenomenal politician. They'll write books about him yeah. for decades. Yeah. Oh, an amazing case study. Yeah. Yeah, no question about it. All right, well, let's hope for the best. I don't know. Uh, New hope I don't for know the what best. To say. <laughs> I don't know what to say more than that. Yeah. But uh, thanks so much, Leo. Yeah. And uh, I get it. We'll keep everybody posted. But this is, this is a pretty uh, big deal story. And I'm going to end the recording because it's the end of the episode. Bye-bye. Masat Israel Journey is dedicated to shaping a promising future for the young Jewish individual, the global Jewish community, and the connection to the state of Israel. Masat offers life-transforming, long-term opportunities in Israel that allows fellows to create their own future. Check out MasaIsrael.org for more info.